here comes this guy from out of town who doesn't have two nickels to rub together. And he's like, all right, well, I've fallen in love with you. You're the prettiest girl in town. Let's do this. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. Oh, we should stop. Hi, I'm Emily. I, I'm, I'm Emily. Oh. No, wait, I'm not Emily. Wait, You're Emily. I'm Emily. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. I'm and this Joy. is, yeah. The? Re- the? Residuals. Residuals. Oh, this was a great one. This was very good. Good thing we have all season to practice. All right. Thank you. Joy, what you got for us? Oh, <laughs> this is, so this is. Joy, um, what you got for us? Oh, hang on. Let me interrupt you. <laughs> Joy, what you got? By the way. This so this is um I we hope that you enjoyed our Halloween special and this is uh this is uh what is it? Um I was actually just gonna start by reading a thing and then Okay um going into it if that's okay. Right. <laughs> Allow me to present you with some history of a quaint little village. In New York State. Defying the passage of time, this magical area has managed to preserve much of its history and natural beauty, which have always drawn people to it. In addition to its great history and fabulous legends, the village offers a wide variety of outdoor activities and adventures. Parks, forests, rivers, lakes, streams, and trails run along one of the most scenic stretches of the Hudson River, from trout fishing to horseback riding, to biking, boating, hiking, or just escaping into the woodlands of Sleepy Hollow, New York. Now, Joy! Let's do this! The quiet village of Sleepy Hollow sits on the east bank of the Hudson River, 25 miles north of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It is known internationally because of the short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, written in 1820 by Washington Irving, about the local area and its infamous specter, the Headless Horseman. Irving lived in the neighboring Terrytown and is buried in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. Because of Irving's story, as well as the village's roots in early American history and folklore, Sleepy Hollow is considered to be one of the most haunted places in the world. Despite this designation, the village has also been called the safest small city, by which they mean under 100,000 residents, in America. What? Today... Yeah, right? Safest small city. It's very cute. My sister-in-law and her family like live there and so we hung out there and it's it, super cute. It's the safest small city and one of the more haunted. Sign yes. me the fuck up. Do you think it's the safest just because people are like, I do not want to get fucked up by any of we this. We don't go out shit. fucking anywhere. <laughs> we don't go out at night. We don't go out at night. Um, I think I do recall hearing stories about how their police department is like on it. They are really? there. If some shit goes down, if someone's parked too far in the street, if there's a call, it sounds like they are like fucking there. Um, you know, we, there is a so. joke in the town next to us because like we're right by the uh, the L.A., um, non-L.A. county border. Um, mm. There's a joke that the police in the town next to us who aren't um, – LAPD, they will pull you over for riding your bicycle wrong. So it sounds hey. very much like that. Right. Like, um, I think I saw that there's like 9,000-ish residents. It's not oh a my. big place. That's nothing. Yeah. Um. So today, Sleepy Hollow really leans into the legend of the horsemen and the whole realm of the paranormal. Like, they're 
little village seal is the horseman. Yeah. On his horse <laughs> without a I head. Love that. <laughs> like, I love that. It's everywhere. I love that. It's like my favorite national animal is Scotland because it's a unicorn. And at first you're like, yes, why the fuck do they have a unicorn? That's what is this? Where's, is this Lisa Frank? But then you think about it and it's like, it's a horse that can stab you. <laughs> Come on. Right. I can relate. Sorry. I'll carry stab on, you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so they really lean into this whole legend. Some events in the village include, but are not limited to, the great jack-o'-lantern blaze, the horseman's sleepy hollow haunted house, the legend cirque, sleepy hollow cemetery tours, Ooh. sleepy hollow haunted hayride, the spirits of sleepy hollow country, the Terrytown music hall ghost tours, and the Terrytown Halloween parade. Wow. So before we get into the recorded history written down by the Europeans who settled in the Hudson River Valley, I want to share a few things that I read regarding the indigenous peoples of the area so we have an idea of what the area was like prior to the arrival of the Dutch, English, and other peoples from outside of North America. I'm not exactly sure of the Viking timeline regarding this area, which I know can be a somewhat touchy discussion depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. But I'll speak on it a little bit from the sources I found. Um, we could honestly probably do a podcast or five on just the Vikings regarding the myths and legends and purported settlements in North America mm. before Columbus and his ilk. I'm but, okay with talking about Vikings and looking at Vikings, Joy. I'm okay <laughs> with that. I am okay with that. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? You just, you just... like their style? Do you just aesthetically like their style? I like, you know what, what there, there were lots of good things about the Vikings, lots of good things, like how they had like major equality between the genders and, you know, also people's sexual preferences. Oh. Carry on, Joy. Oh, all right. Good to know. This article is from um, 2015. So this Discovery happened before then, but I I don't think it says exactly when it was. So just a short little blurb. In Stony Point, New York, which is just kind of like a stone's throw across the river north-ish of Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Some workers were digging and with like a mechanical shovel. So I assume they mean like some kind of excavator. Okay. Near the shores of Minisciango Creek. Minisciango Creek. Minisciango. It's it's a lot of young consonants. Minisciango. <clears throat> they stumbled upon the ruins of an ancient building. A team of archaeologists linked to Columbia University came in to inspect the site, and they rapidly identified the site as a possible Viking settlement. Nice. Um, so this is like right along the Hudson River. They found various structures believed to have been constructed of sod and placed over a wooden frame. Um they found a couple of workshops that were identified as an iron smithy uh, with a forge and a carpentry workshop. It's unclear how many men and women lived at this site at any given time, but the archaeological evidence suggests that it had the capacity of supporting between 30 and 100 individuals and that the site was inhabited by the Norse for a relatively short period of time. Okay. So this is right there. So you mean they didn't come here? They didn't come here and they weren't like, this is Alan now. Buck off. No, seems like they just traveled around and... Oh. um. They didn't maybe, they didn't I don't know, trade in us. Huh. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Are but we can go into that another time for sure. I'm happy to You're look right. that up. Yeah. At a later Let's time. Carry on. Let's carry so on. that was, you know, much earlier by a few hundred years than the Dutch showing up. But before the Dutch showed up, there were indigenous people in the Americas who had long settlements and different migratory paths, depending on the season where they would go throughout this area. The Bequeskik? Just spell it. There are like 15 different ways it's spelled. Oh, geez Louise. Yeah, so it doesn't really help. Bequeskik, Bequeskik. Bequeskik. I am so sorry, but here we are. So they inhabited this area on the east bank of the Hudson River which is in southwest of today's Westchester County and then down into the Bronx. 
Um, they fished the local streams and lakes with rods and nets. They were fi- proficient fishermen, fisher people, fishers, people Fish, who fished. Fishing people, fishing folk. Um, they faced numerous conflicts. With the Dutch when the Dutch and the English arrived. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read this from the wiki article so I don't make it harder on everyone. Um, in 1609, two dugout canoes were sent from the their settlement to threaten um, Henry Hudson and his ship on the return trip down the river. So they, you know, were like, hey, we're here. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Hey. Mm-hmm. Stay away from our stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything is always vague with these reports, too, because it's like, are all of these from the historical standpoint of the Dutch, who are probably assuming some sort of aggressive temperament? Like, I, I don't know enough about it to really speak on who was being aggro and who wasn't. Listen, there's three sides to every story, Joy. We know that. So many. Their so side, many. the other side. And the truth. Um, so both sides suffered losses in their battles for land and what was going on around it. So um, the Wekwesgik and the Canarses, um, who were down actually in the lower portion of Manhattan, who are the peoples who traded Manhattan to the Dutch. All of these people were in this area with their rich, vast history of legends and religions and their relationship with nature in the area. If anyone listening has any additional information or more accurate information about the indigenous peoples that were there in the Hudson River Valley, please let me know because I would rather be corrected and disseminate that information in a future podcast for everybody to hear than assume that I know everything about an area from hundreds of years ago that I have not studied in a scholarly fashion. But I just want to say The indigenous peoples were there just like they were in most areas, if not all areas that European people came into, and they had their own legends of the area. Um, There is some folklore associated with a chief of the Native Americans cursing Sleepy Hollow and the area, cursing the Dutch people who came in. So there are those things that go back that far too. Right, right. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. So curse, hearing about cursing stuff like that, I believe that. And I'm, I feel like sometimes it's not cursing the people so much as it's cursing the land, which then contributes to future unfortunate series of unfortunate events, mini snicket style. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's go back to the European recorded history. Um, This is all information I found through Wikipedia, but also through the Village of Sleepy Hollow, New York's website in an article titled The History of the Village by Henry Steiner, the village who is the village of Sleepy Hollow's historian. Um, You can read it in its entirety at sleepyhollowny.gov in the Discover Sleepy Hollow section, I believe is where it is. In the year of the half moon, 1609, two square miles that make up the village of Sleepy Hollow belong to the larger domain of the Wekwesgik Indians. This Native American tribe is variously described as a Delaware tribe or a Mohican tribe or perhaps some mix of the two. During the early days of the New Netherlands, relations between this tribe and the Dutch were relatively peaceful, But by 1643, the Dutch were at war with them and several other tribes in the area. Exactly when Europeans first settled in the Sleepy Hollow area is unclear. In 1655, Adrian Vanderdonk, a Dutch colonist, first published a work which referred to the Ponsico River as Slapper's Haven, literally Sleeper's Haven. I prefer slappers. It also, if you the way that it's written, it could be slapper shaven. <laughs> you know, here's the thing: if if you call someone an old slapper back home, mm. it does mean someone of loose morals, and a slapper mm. is an, is an is an elder elder of loose looser morals. Huh? 
Huh. All right. So not not derived from the sleepiness of the Dutch. So I mean, it could sleeping, sleeping. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Slapper's Haven, Sleeper's Haven, uh, Sleepy Hollow appears to be later an anglicized version of this name and actually applied to the valley of the Pontico River. It now serves as the name of the incorporated village. In 1664, the British seized a colony of the New Netherlands and renamed it New York. In that period, an ambitious Dutchman, Frederick Phillips, gained influence with early English governors of New York, enabling him to purchase large tracts of land from tribes along the east side of the Hudson. This included virtually all of present-day Sleepy Hollow. Phillips had a mill, manor house, and church constructed on the lower reaches of the river He encouraged tenant farmers to settle on his manor by offering liberal leases. So he helps people come in. Okay. Hmm? I was going to ask, what is lip? Does it mean liberal leases? Like you get a lease, like Oprah of leases? Um, Like he was just leasing out his land is what I am assuming. And he was free with it. He was not very. um, Yeah. So he was, he was Oprah. You get a land, you get a lease. You get, everybody gets a lease. Everyone Do you think he just chair. stood there like with his arms open you and, all his, have leases. and his puffy shirt shouting, everybody gets you a, get lease. a lease. Exactly. So he reserved for himself the mill on the river and then several hundred acres known as the upper mills. Uh, from what I understand, this whole manor and everything is still there today. I oh. didn't go to it when I visited, but we drove by. So they have, I mean, it's, they have a lot of like the old stuff still there. It's not like Long Beach where they tear everything down. I mean, I feel like in, in, mm-hmm. in the East Coast tends to, tends to have more history there structurally. I feel like they're more willing to just let old stuff stay there. Yeah. Let old stuff be old stuff and not knock it down. And yeah. Unlike Nashville where they had these gorgeous craftsman homes that they knocked down and they put up just a cement Amazon box looking thing. <sighs> Very upsetting. I mean, there's plenty of stuff in like Manhattan because I follow like 8,000 Instagram accounts that are like, like then and now um, where stuff was like knocked down and rebuilt and whatever. But I, I feel like there was a definite turning point where historical buildings were saved and were suddenly revered by people rather than having that sort of industrial revolution change it make it modern attitude that prevailed for a while like the the church that's in sleepy hollow is the old dutch church it was built before 1700 and it's still there in the middle of the cemetery um So he died in 1702 and they were buried. He and his wife were buried in the old Dutch church of Sleepy Hollow. The Phillips family had been granted too much for too little. And in the early 1700s, Sleepy Hollow became a hub of activity for surrounding farmers. People came from miles around to attend baptisms, marriages, and Sunday services at the old Dutch church. And the mill was a perennial destination in harvest time. So it was like a big hub of life around there. I think it was like the right. only church for a really far area, you know, was, like there was no other yeah. place for people to come. Everyone congregated. It was their, it was their spot. It's a, it was their congregation. It was their, as, listen, if we're going to put it in Jersey shirt, sure, Jersey sure. It, it was it's the their, old way of saying it. Was it was their karma. It was where they would all congregate to beat the beat. Maybe get drunk enough like Sammy is yeah. behind a bar. Sure. It was their karma. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so by the time of the revolution, the area of Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown were frequented by local families that had lived on Phillipsburg for two or three generations. Mm-hmm. Um, so Terrytown is is the bordering on the south border of Sleepy Hollow. Um, for a while, also, Sleepy Hollow was called, I think it was North Terrytown, and then eventually they petitioned to change their name back to officially the village of Sleepy Hollow. Okay. So the families that were there were largely Dutch-American, French Huguenot, Swiss, and German. Also present were enslaved African-American peoples and Native Americans, or people of Native American descent 
um, who were not necessarily in involved in traditional Native American ways of life, but had that ancestry. Right. Okay. The area of Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown was diverse even in colonial times. And the farmers enjoyed a benevolent relationship with their landlord, but in the revolution more sided with Congress than the king. Old Dutch ways prevailed in the neighborhood until the end of the 18th century. In the late 1790s, Washington Irving came to visit his friend and relative, James K. Paulding, in Terrytown. Together, the two young men explored the area of Sleepy Hollow, hunting and fishing and talking with local folk. The fruits of Irving's visits were later to be immortalized in the story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. In the story, this father of American literature drew heavily from Sleepy Hollow's landscape and customs. In those days, the Beekmans were the owners of the upper mills and the veterans of the war worked small farms and raised growing families. There were docks down by Sleepy Hollow Waterfront and at Terrytown Harbor, there was a market boat which which plied, which docked, which landed, which stayed between Terrytown and New York. The Old Dutch Church was still the only house of worship in the area of Terrytown and Sleepy Hollow. In the early 19th century, Terrytown became this like big retail commercial center and it had a bank and a hotel and shops while Sleepy Hollow was exclusively agrarian. Yeah. In the 1840s, the industrial age touched Sleepy Hollow and the Croton Aqueduct was swept along the hillsides. The railroad put its imprint on the riverside and a portion of the village in the present day business district was laid out with streets and village lots. So, you know, industry, the trains come in, more things are happening. I mean, it also, it seems like it was, you know, a fairly diverse place for that time period, but now people from elsewhere are going to come in more regularly. Right. There was a new house of worship that was springing up along Broadway and that started to eclipse the old Dutch church. Was this a different kind of religion by any chance? Uh, It literally says the old Dutch church in the Valley of Sleepy Hollow was eclipsed by new houses of worship that were springing up along Broadway. So multiple. So maybe it was just different sects of Christianity because I don't know what else was happening up there. Um, So in the 20th century, I know I'm like skimming along things, but I want to get to the plot of like Irving's story and stuff and how this sort of, I mean, because you have to imagine like all of these peoples, right. Being in this place, in the small place where they are, um, sharing ideas and histories and folklore and they have people from native american descent and they have people from all over they're bringing all of their folklore and ghost stories and everything with them so it seems probably like a pretty tight-knit melting pot of paranormal histories right yeah so let's uh we'll scooch up real quick to the 20th century Um, The streets along Lower Beekman Avenue exploded with new homes to meet the needs of the village's expanding workforce. The mansion of the richest man in the world, John D. Rockefeller Sr., crowned the hill which had long been known as K-Y-K-U-I-T. Kikute. Kikute. The early 20th century also brought affluent professionals who settled in the new developments at Phillips Manor and Sleepy Hollow Manor. By the post-World War II years, the ranks of GM workers had swelled with arriving French-Canadian, Polish, and Slovak workers, followed by Cubans, Dominicans, Ecuadorians, and others. Activity at the plant surged into the 1970s, but then declined, casting doubts on the village's future. The industrial age had brought economic opportunity to the village, but it had also brought a fading awareness of the village's unique historic and cultural legacy. Fortunately, the old Dutch church of Sleepy Hollow has continued to stand through three centuries. The oldest church, right? It's the oldest church in New York state and is still owned by its congregation. That's pretty awesome. It's wild, right? Because I've seen lots of old churches around the area, but I mean, 
some of and them that are it just residences now. Yeah, but also that it hasn't somehow been destroyed by Mother Nature or any other catastrophe. You know, I've so many there. old it's, buildings. It's just a small, yeah, it's just like a tiny little building and then the yeah. cemetery surrounds it. Um, I have pictures from when I was there last year, so I can put, it, put some put it up on the, on the socials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the 40s, um, Rockefeller Jr. initiated an effort to preserve and restore the site of the old manor house and mill, which is today's Phillipsburg Manor Restoration. The Rockefeller family has also donated many acres in the northern part of the village to a large public state park preserve. The Kikute um, Rockefeller Mansion is also now open to the public. So in the 1980s, it was proposed that the village rename itself Sleepy Hollow in an effort to reconnect with its famous past. In 1996, the village voted for the renaming, and the same year, the GM plant closed its doors. Oh. So it's really a very, like, symbolic, like, okay, well, we're done with this. We're going back to our roots. Yeah. Um, And as the village enters the 21st century, it is taking stock of its many resources and assets, among them its riverfront location, its famous heritage, its tradition of hard work and community diversity, and its historic ability to adapt to changing times. Mm. So those words were mostly from Henry Steiner, the village historian. So let me give you a little background on Washington Irving and the story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So Irving wrote the story while he was living in England. Rip Van Winkle is the companion piece to The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and they are among the earliest examples of fiction in America that has had this enduring popularity, which is especially prevalent during Halloween because of the Headless Horseman character. The Headless Horseman is believed to be a Hessian soldier who was decapitated by a cannonball in battle. Oh, snap. See, I always thought it was someone who was, like, not a nice person. And, of course, then I'm going with, like, the the Disney-fied version where it's, like, an evil person who was beheaded because they were a dickhead and then they came to get their vengeance. No, apparently he's just pissed because somebody shot his fucking head off. Yeah. I wouldn't be. Um, Could the you story- imagine that being the last thing that goes through your head, literally and figuratively? Literally. Is, what is that? Is that a. No, it sounds what terrible. What is that? And then it goes actually through your head. I don't know if it was something that happened frequently in battles during that time mm-hmm. or if it is just a pervasive theme for people of that time the way they died but i know that i have watched ghost shows where they're like we're at such and such a fort and there's a legend of a headless dude walking around because he got it shut off with a cannonball um, right, i have totally heard that before i would think that maybe back then in ye oldie timeies they sure you know like their aim wasn't necessarily the best and it maybe wasn't as organized as one would think um yeah you know, and so people would be scurrying to do things. Uh, or their aim was really good and they just nailed the person from the other side. Or the motherfucker was told to get down and they were just like, let me just look real quick. They were like, wait, <laughs> what did you say? What is that whistling Wait, sound? what's coming? What's out there? What? If you find yourself listening to our show and thinking, oh, I have a story that I should send in. Then go to our website, theresidualspodcast.com, and send us a message. We love bringing you all things paranormal, but we would like to do more. And this is where you come in. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. After that, leave us a glowing review, give us a five-star rating, and share us on your social media. We are so grateful for your support. Now... Back to the show. So wait, I'm I'm so sorry. When did he write it? 1820. Okay. So, oh, so he's setting it back like a hundred years. Copy. Um, yeah, but he came to visit Sleepy Hollow also. It wasn't necessarily written in 1820, um, 
I think that's just when it came out. That was the publication date. Oh, and okay. I think things maybe moved a bit slower then. Probably. I mean, it's not like he could. It was probably handwritten with an with a quill. I don't know that it was handwritten with a quill. I mean, they had with printing presses quill. for quite some time. Quill. We got to do. There wasn't. Like a, a I don't believe there was a monk sitting somewhere illuminating the scripts because that was the only no, way they I could mean, replicate like, them. I mean, like his original manuscript. Oh. In the 18th century, pens, inkwells, quills, blotting paper, and sand shakers were all different uh, writing implements. Copy that. Just just in case, so, so you know. Um, what I was looking up was that bit about where they said he came to the area just to get our timeline. Okay. In the late 1790s, Washington Irving came to visit his friend in Terrytown. So the setting of the legend of Sleepy Hollow is 1790. So it's in the Dutch settlement of Terrytown in the secluded little glen known as Sleepy Hollow. Um, some residents say that the town was bewitched during the early days of the Dutch settlement and others claim that the strange paranormal atmosphere was caused by an old Native American chief who cursed the area. Knew it. Residents, yeah, see? Sorry. Residents of the town are seemingly subjected to various supernatural and mysterious occurrences. Strange visions, sights, music, and disembodied voices are some of the things the inhabitants of Sleepy Hollow have reported. Wait, is this the made-up stuff or is this actual stuff? This is in the book. This is in the book. So okay, throughout sorry. the book, he's he's gathering this information. Okay, thank you. Yes. Obviously, the most infamous of these paranormal experiences is the Headless Horseman. Irving's story tells the tale of Ichabod Crane and his attempt to, of course, win the heart of Katrina Van Tassel. Mm. He comes to New York from his home state of Connecticut, Holla! To be the schoolmaster of the village. Ichabod is fascinated by the story of the headless horseman, which the townspeople tell him. And they say he can that the horseman is often seen riding by the church where the historians say he was buried. Ooh. So apparently, Ichabod is a strict teacher, but he's not a cruel one, meaning that he only hits, hits the kids who can really handle it. Oh, thank you, Ichabod. Thank you. So that that's nice. I might be paraphrasing a little, but, you know. <clears throat> Ichabod also makes almost no money. And I guess the tradition of the time was the, the, the teacher would be fed and boarded by the families of the children he taught. So he makes a little extra money um, teaching singing lessons. And while being boarded with said farmer families, he hears a ton of ghost stories about the village. Since he has absolutely nothing going for him by the sound of it, he decides that he's fallen in love with a young woman of 18, Katrina Van Tassel, who is also one of his students. You know, but I will say 18, 18 is like middle age back then. That was like 35 and pushing it, I would think, right? I understand that I'm looking at this through a modern lens, but just the fact of here comes this guy from out of town who doesn't have two nickels to rub together and he's like all right well i've fallen in love with you you're the prettiest girl in town let's do this she probably didn't have a say her parents were probably like and he's a teacher well listen he's not teaches singing no she it seems like she had something to say about it in addition to being a lovely young woman being the only child she seems to have a substantial inheritance also headed her oh. way oh so she has a dowry hmm. Oh, hmm. 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 coincidence. Amazing. So he tries to woo Katrina, but of course she has other suitors in the village, namely Brom Van Brunt, also known as Brom Bones. One of his greatest skills is horseback riding. What a nickname. How do you get the nickname of Brom Bones? He seems to be a rather... Mm, Big yeah. personality. He likes okay. to do pranks. He's sort of the hero of the village because he's so good at horseback riding. Um, 
I won't go into, you know, like every single thing, but Brom definitely sort of tries to scare off Ichabod in the suitors realm, but Ichabod is pretty hard to shake and he's like in it to win it with Katrina. One day the Van Tassels throw a party and Ichabod is really feeling himself when he's there. So he stays behind, but for some reason, Katrina disappoints him and Ichabod leaves bummed out. Wait, like disappoints him how? What? Like doesn't <laughs> doesn't take kindly to his pursuits, I suppose. Um, hmm. So he finds the path home to be weirdly quiet, a little eerie and very dark. He tries to keep himself calm, but eventually sees a dark figure looming nearby and it does not respond when he calls to it. As he passes by the figure, it starts to move and joins him on the path. The figure is riding a large, dark horse. Ichabod is freaked out and tries to shake him off, but can't. He notices to his horror that the rider has no head on his shoulders and the head seems to be sitting on the saddle in front of the man. You know, here's the thing. When I hear, sorry, but when I hear he's riding like a large black horse, all I can think of is, oh man, that sounds fun to ride. That sounds like a great horse to ride, not, oh, that's terrifying. I just, um, I don't know. If I was alone on a path. Oh, I mean, yeah, no. If I was Ichabod, just as a listener, I'm like, oh, but that would be really, that would be a great horse. I'm, I'm, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry. Carry on. Squirrel. Bye. Um, So it seems as though the man's head is actually sitting on the saddle in front of him. Ichabod tries to get his horse to run faster, but it's old and he can't manage to make it run. Well, that's why he needs to to marry. That's why he needs to get married to rich, rich gal. He needs that. He won't have an old nag. Trade this old horse in. Exactly. He can get a lease to a fancy one, right? In addition to the horse being old, Ichabod is just not a very skilled rider. No wonder he's not impressing her. She's like, for God's sake, you got a shitty old horse. You don't make any money. You're a terrible horse rider. Yeah. So Ichabod cannot shake this headless motherfucker that is chasing him through the woods. And they end up by the church. Ichabod races to the bridge that rolled that goes over the river because it is said that the ghost cannot pass the river, that that's like his boundary. So he's trying so hard to cross this bridge and he looks back expecting to see him gone. But instead what he sees is the horseman not disappearing, but picking up his head and hurling it at him. And it knocks Ichabod off his horse. No, thank you. No, 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 no. The next day, Ichabod's old ass horse, who couldn't run to save his life, returns to its owner's farm. Because remember, Ichabod couldn't afford his own horse. He was just borrowing things from He was leasing. Around. Yeah, yeah. He's yes. having to rent. The horse returns and there is just absolutely no sign of Ichabod. The search party that is sent out finds Ichabod's hat and hoof prints and a smashed pumpkin nearby. Ooh. Ichabod is never heard from again. Some of the people in Sleepy Hollow believe that Mr. Brom Bones pulled off the greatest prank of his life. And that put him in the final position to marry Katrina. But the gossipy old women with their local folklore maintain that Ichabod was taken by the headless horseman. Oh my God. So there you have it. Oh my god. A nice god. little summation of the story. A little bit of the history of the area. And I mean, the town really loves their horsemen. They love their Halloween. Like I've seen pictures of the parade and all the stuff that they do for spooky season. And I just love that they embrace it. Like they, they have, truly they've embraced truly it. Do. They're not like, ugh, this is what we're associated with. This is their legacy. Right. And they're just like, bring it. Here's a t-shirt. I mean, whether it has anything to really do with 
industry and manufacturing leaving the town around the same time they changed its name back to Sleepy Dude, Hollow. Listen, um, you gotta do what you gotta do. If that's it's true, what, because the here the a factory leaving a town that depends on that for income decimates it. Of course, you've seen what Detroit looks like. These people were like, not gonna happen. We're gonna make okay, cool, cool, and like, yeah. But they also haven't like bulldozed have we... old buildings and put up shitty new ones. They've kept the history. No, the town. Smart, listen, man. the town is super cute. The cemetery is beautiful to walk through. Um, they have a lot of like above ground little crypts and mausoleum-y sort of things. Um, yeah, I'll put pictures up because I took a bunch of pictures. I took pictures at Irving's grave and all that stuff. But the town itself is very cute. I mean, it's it's like my kind of place. It's like an old ass New England place on the water. That's like basically screaming, joy, come here. I think I love the fact that, you know, we, you and I have talked about this theory about running water and stuff mm -hmm. being rather mm -hmm. a powerful thing, like um, yes. having a natural water source. And for me, you know, I, it, the whole headless horseman is said that they can't cross the stream. Yeah. Um, you know, that taps such into a prevalent. That continuous like theme in many many, in many stories, stories and folklores yeah, yeah 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 for sure the other thing that mm -hmm. i was going to say is that mm -hmm. um regardless of the veracity of any of these stories they have been perpetuated and told over and over and we have consistently spoken on the power of speaking something into existence right um yes putting it out there you know that sort of thing and and giving things a name and it's and putting energy into it and it becoming something whether it was actually there or not right so when you bundle up the the curses the potential curses by native american chiefs or um you know some accounts have called it a, a curse from a wizard or a spell from a wizard. Ooh, a like wizard. Used the word. Yeah, like there's Ooh. interesting like okay. things that go along. Let's get some druid shit up in here. That I'm sorry, <laughs> that just sounds like someone rolled a twenty. <laughs> I'm gonna cast a spell. That's right. That's right. D and D. A crit. Um. So it's just got this this long standing history of just like what Irving was writing about farmers villagers telling stories and retelling stories and keeping that paranormal flame lit the whole time yeah um so yeah you know there's a little bit about Sleepy Hollow that's amazing and I recommend like everyone check it out if they can because it is yeah. very it's cute it's a nice it's an easy walk it's not very big yeah <laughs> Well, it's 9,000 people total. I think that I read, though, that there's like the village encompasses like five square miles or something. And like, oh, my God, half of that is water. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> it's not real big. Half is water, um, a quarter is a cemetery and a church. Yeah. And there's a, a nature preserve also. So a lot oh of the God. land hasn't even been built on. So the majority of the buildings that are there are old, historic, restored places that have carried these stories with them. Um, and some hasn't even ever been touched and the other is running water. <laughs> you know, I think about that stuff and going, when when there's stories like this, when there's stories like this, right, and it's coming from places like this, where they have this history that goes back hundreds of years, and mm -hmm. and you've had all of these people living there, but it's not just people. It's different. It's people with different belief systems, different cultures, different forms of religion, different deities, different, you know, spiritual, right. what have yous. Um, right. You know, I think about that. And I think about the fact that a place like this in particular that has really not been touched or changed in centuries, it still has, you know, a woodland area that hasn't been built on, that hasn't been right. developed. Yeah. You know, it's got these original structures. So you think about then all of these different uh, 
communities that have lived there and, and what they've brought to this land in general mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. we say it in our opener you know um energy in the in the walls in the earth it's that's yeah. what it is it is yeah for sure oh memories and memories held in the walls and earth you, you would think i would remember that by now we don't listen to our show we um we just make it and then we're done because we have shit to do there's also like if there are ghosts roaming around sleepy hollow a lot of things look exactly the same exactly over the hundreds of years so like it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, well, yeah, I don't recognize this corner anymore. I'll leave. Like, this doesn't suit me anymore. Right. <laughs> like, I would like to hang around a place if it stayed looking the same as when I was alive. They're not getting confused. They're, it's not confused. Yeah. But it's also like, you remember when we had Anessa's story where where they, uh, they had a his, they've got a historical bed and breakfast and they changed the layout in one area and someone is still walking through it, but it's just half of their body because they raised the the thing up. So it's not like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it is interesting. Um, a couple of the things I mentioned about the events that they have, they do have um the music hall um ghost tour that they do so i don't know um i'm not sure what stuff you're gonna hit on when we do the the paranormal you'll stuff you'll see i don't i'm not asking i'm not asking for spoilers okay. i'm not i'm just saying um but the next time that i am there i really would like to try and get my tuchus in there get Ooh. my heine in and okay. uh go on one of the tours and then report back okay I, I did. I want to take a minute to to out myself to listeners and say that I texted you about this very thing. And I said, hey, want to know um, <laughs> how much my body and brain doesn't have any idea where it is and doesn't actually believe that it's in Southern California? Because I was like, I'll just pop up to Sleepy Hollow real quick and go on one of these tours. Then I'll come report back to Emily and tell everybody about it to remind myself that I don't live in New York anymore. I've actually lived in California for five years and those thoughts still happen. So it's okay. I was explaining yeah. to the seven-year-old yesterday that even though I haven't lived in England since in 30, no, in over 30 years, I think now, no, almost 30 years, yeah. it's still home yeah. to me. It always will be. Right. Yeah. Joy, that was great. It's nice to get back into the historical parts of things. I mean, we've, you know, after being on a hiatus for a while, I really yes. love I, I love the the I love that you're such a history nerd. Um but it's so know. it's really hard because I wanted like I read all this stuff about like the different tribes in the area and like how the tribe in Sleepy Hollow was often confused with the tribe in the southern tip of Manhattan who sold the Dutch the island because Europeans confused the names of places with the names of tribes and everybody got all confused about stuff and like reading through the names of things. A lot of places it was really easy to see how the sort of bastardization telephone telling of a name changed from the original thing to what people call it now. Well, we we had that with Yosemite, with the with the yes, yeah, with why Yosemite yeah, is exactly. Yosemite. Yeah, the like original name for the peoples in the Rockaways in New York sounds kind of similar to the word Rockaway, or like oh. how the old Dutch words it was like Brooklyn in Dutch, the way right. that it's said now. It's like it. So you would imagine, like I don't know, it's just interesting, and, and I like seeing the development and history of how words change over time, and how you can go back to the original one. Anyway, I, it doesn't I just do much of anything. I'm just but, no, but it, um, no, it does because also like the <laughs> the history though really taps into like what what you know you're saying about you speak something into existence. The so history has a lot yeah. to do with you know. First of all, why maybe some legends have actually become an an, an active uh, uh, happening or whatever. I don't know the word I'm trying mm -hmm. to find. An, an, an active thing happening somewhere where it maybe hadn't haunting? been actually. Active yeah, I'm haunting. Actually, the, yes, correct. You know, the, it, it's spoken into happening, but it also then lends uh, a background to other 
other confirmed hauntings of families and events that have happened. So it mm-hmm. does lend that actual background to to an event um, that has then in turn triggered certain things. So I don't know. I love the yeah. history behind things because otherwise, you, you know, then then occasionally with a with a story, especially with a town like this, there's no context mm-hmm. behind. You know, and also then people think that the headless horseman was like a real thing that happened there because people think of Sleepy Hollow and they think, oh, they have a headless horseman. Well, it's a story set there. Yeah, there's much more to Sleepy Hollow that is actually real. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm excited to get into with you next week. I am too. I want to know all yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, I have again tried to stay away from learning anything about the paranormal history of sleepy hollow except for you know the little portion of what i read today Um, i i do find it fascinating that there are certain cities towns villages what have you on the map these Mm. localized concentrated spots that are so incredibly haunted you know in the uk Mm. the city of york like this this city is has so many hauntings and some of them are massive buildings massive hauntings and then some of them yeah. are other but it's just it's one of the most haunted cities you know in the UK and then you've got are the, they, it's these crazy pockets are they on a fault line what are they sitting you know what say, I mean? are they all on ley lines are they all right. you know on the overlay if you put the masonic symbols over them Oh my, let's get into that. It's like we talk about Los Feliz here in here in Los right. Angeles. Yeah, yeah, it's on a and fault that's line. All that fault line shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'd be interesting to map it out. I'm sure we wouldn't be the first ones to map it out. There's all that magnetic ley line business. Oh, I'm sure lots of people have done that. It's yeah, yeah. So it'd probably be pretty easy to look that up. Um, well, do you but want yeah, to I, I mean you, the. My gratitude. My gratitude. Sorry to interrupt. Um, no. Finish what you were saying first. No, it's fine. I already said it like 10 times. Okay. So Joy, what is, uh, what's your gratitude this week? I'm grateful that we are back in the swing of regular school time. My child is in school now during the day. I also am kind of sad that it's back to school because I don't know. I miss him when he's in school, <laughs> even though I can't get as much done when he's around. Emily's face is like, what? Um, but he started, he asked if he could do after school play, which is where they just have after school, they'd stay at school and hang out on the playground until, I don't know, an hour. It's like an extra hour. Um, so I'm I'm happy that he wants to stay and that he's interested in hanging out and socializing. Sometimes he does his homework. Um, he'll play kickball. They play like board games and stuff. But the unexpected perk is that I don't pick him up with like the throngs of everyone at pickup now. I can just go anytime between the end of school and that hour and pick him up on like my own schedule. So I can like finish editing or finish drawing or finish tattooing. But like sometimes socially, I'm not in a place where I want to like chat. So it's just this extra perk of like not having to stand with everyone and say hi, if maybe I'm not like in the best mood. I don't know. It's like this sort of, I don't know how to explain it. Anyone who gets social anxiety or like, yeah, Sometimes I'll have a headache and I just am like not on my best like social game. So it's nice to be like, oh, I can just show up and I don't have this like pressure of saying hi to everybody. And you don't have to be around that frantic energy, especially if you're not in a good headspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody who gets a little nervous. I'm like wringing my hands like saying this, like anyone who gets a little nervous. Um, I don't know. It's just like a nice thing. And like, I get to finish up my day on my schedule more rather than just running to get him. So thankful for after school play. Thank you. School. I love that. What are you grateful for? We have the same thing. We have the same after school play thing that my kid does. Mm. We pay for it because it's quite a few hours, but they have homework help and stuff there. That's so a that's club. a big thing. Yeah, no, but that, <laughs> that's, that's going to be yeah. a big, she's, she's, she's like, I have to, they have like a, a, a date now that they're starting to do homework off, as of this mm-hmm. Friday, they will be doing homework. 
because it's first grade and so like they're easing it into it and this this kid this is a kid that I'll find doing math equations for fun in workbooks so I was expecting it to be like I was expecting her to be so psyched for homework and I was like how are you feeling about it she's like eh whatever it's like homework sucks yeah yeah I hate I'm terrible Um, yeah I was terrible, but that's just because I had undiagnosed ADD. So, what what are you grateful for here? Oh, I wasn't even I wasn't even in my gratitude yet. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I am. Oops. I am oh, grateful. I am sorry. grateful for our for our other co-host. Uh, well, you'll hear our other co-host shouting maybe on this i am grateful um so my kid's best friend um invited us months like before summer break to go to disney Mm -hmm. with her for her birthday for the day and i was like i'm sorry what are you sure Hmm. and then you know i checked in with the mum, and i was like by the way we got this invite it's totally okay if it's if it's just your kid saying it she was like no 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 so um, her <gasps> brother's best friend is uh, an employee at the park. They got us free oh park gosh. hopper tickets. Oh so because gosh. they are only, you know, there are only certain days that are open for it. So we yeah. took, we skived off school. We took skived. Skived. A, oh, you skived. Skive, sorry, skived. We we skipped school. We took played hooky. Yes, hooky. That's it. It's played hooky in American, which Sorry. in in relation to this episode comes from a Dutch word. That well, there you go. So See, you tying go. it back in. Yeah. Call back because yeah. I look up everything. Yeah, we we skived off school. We left our house at six thirty in the morning, um, and didn't get oh. home until almost ten p.m. And oh. it was just me and her, um, her oh, friend yeah. and her mom and her friend's uncle. And it was amazing. And these kids were absolute troopers. And we did so many steps Aww. and I've got a new phone and it I can't figure out how to fucking connect it properly. So it said I'd only done like, I'd only been standing for 15 minutes. It said after we'd been in California oh, Adventure well, for three right. hours. I was like, that's, that's wrong. Very incorrect. But no, it was it was mm. wonderful just having that experience with me and her because we we've taken her for oh. her actual birthday um, twice. Um, the mm. last one though, I couldn't go because I was heavily pregnant, and I ended up giving birth oh, yes. four days yes. later. Yes. So her dad That's took funny. her by himself, and so um, it was nice for me to take her, just the two of us, mm. and then they surprised the girls with a. Bibbity bobbity boutique princess makeover and it was amazing and tied in with the package was a photo shoot so these two girls were smizing it was like Olin Mills all over again but Disney-fied and I had just an amazing day oh my god the other good thing Joy Mm -hmm. she she's in a new uh daisy girl scout group now because the original one disbanded but the one she used to be in what they got this the, is like the, like brownies or something yeah brownie she's in daisies because she's next stage okay. up she's because she's little so oh, they sold a okay. shitload of cookies last year i mm-hmm. didn't know that what they earned was disney gift cards so the what? other mum had them when we were there and she was like oh by the way i, I picked these up for you guys and so we were able to pay for meals all of the toys and everything that day all well all of the things that she wanted because they're not I didn't earn those fucking cards but you know yeah, yeah. she got her makeover and she got some of her her toys and she you know oh man we were able to and it was just a really nice surprise also because I left my debit card at home um so that helped and I also on purpose I no no no. I got also halfway to Anaheim and looked in the rear mirror and realized I also had the the baby's car seat in the car so that was oh two big oops oops um but you know but we had you just gotta memorize that debit card shit oh I have it memorized it's just you can't really buy gasoline just because you got your number memorized so you could just go in and say enter my number oh well certainly well, you know, everything's okay. For future reference, why yeah. not? Yes. We're good. We're okay. good. 
but that's yeah, what so happens. No. If I ever forget my stuff when I'm out, I'm like, I know this number. So if I go to the oh, in and out, I could just tell them to put it in. And as long as you know, know the expiry and the code. Sure, oh, yeah, no. because you give, it's the same thing. They just have you enter on anything. I don't know why they couldn't just enter it themselves. No, in fact, actually, right. I lost my debit card a few years ago. And because Ugh. I had worked Ugh. so hard to memorize the number, well, I thought I'd lost it. It turns out it was in a jacket, but that's another Emilyism. But um, when I went to the bank to Happens. replace it, I said, "Can I? I'm desperate. Can you please give me the same credit card number?" And they were like, oh, "Yeah." God. So they gave me the same credit card number with a different expiration oh, wow. and a different secret three co- three number code. So you can do yeah. that, people. Basic life. Oh, skill. Well, that's good to know. Or at least yeah, my good bank to know. did. Good, good info on this um, paranormal podcast about debit oh cards. My God. And- no we had a wonderful day no tantrums no meltdowns absolute trooper jesus y'all we are what we Um, are and so yes well we are now what we are now is out of time we are we are so until next time dear amazing (laughs) listeners um until next time sage your sofas and uh don't be afraid of the dark but i will all right, bye. All right. Bye. 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 Minnesiongo Creek.